Welcome to another presentation in the Light Body Activation and DNA Upgrade Summit. Today we are with Jean Ang, who has been working with the Arcturians and other beings on the illumined realms, dealing with frequencies that help elevate our spirit and connect us to our pillar of light and the great being of light that we are. I want to welcome Jean Ang to this presentation. Thank you, Jean, for being here. Welcome. Hi, Lauren. Hi, everyone. Uh, really excited to be here and uh, excited to share some of the downloads that uh, we just uh, had at Mount Shasta, where it's been pretty dynamic. So it should be great to uh, be in the energies here. So that's where we're going to start with this presentation is really the connection that Mount Shasta has with our spiritual bodies, with the, we could even say with the light body. Because when people go to Mount Shasta, they are definitely elevated and activated in a new way. What is your interpretation of the role that Mount Shasta plays in this process of us amplifying our light body or stepping more into our light body or even upgrading our DNA? Yeah, I think this is a great um, synchronicity that uh, um, both this tele-summit and then the chance to have been at Mount Shasta is coming like around the same time. Uh, so just a little history. I've been there now maybe uh, 13 times. So there's some repetition. And uh, I think the question you posed is uh, perfect. So uh, of course, many uh, people and uh, uh, seekers or uh, people also specifically going to activate their light body, even uh, with that frame of reference as well as facilitators uh, have been going there probably for um, hundreds of years, starting with the First Nation people have sacred sites there. Uh, Earl uh, Shaney uh, wrote a number of books uh, and then now in the modern uh, times. But I think the, the question you pose is like, what is it serving on the planet for spiritual aspirants or uh, seekers or uh, us on the spiritual path? And just practically, one thing I notice is that the capacity to uh, hear, like my inner sort of guidance there, uh, really uh, gets boosted. You really feel the energy coming down and what that energy does. It's almost, uh, I think it's a metaphoric or it could be literal. Your energy kind of, like you mentioned, the pillar pipe uh, kind of really widens. And then you can really hear your inner sort of usually they call it like the inner whisper but it's it's more like now just a kind of a straight voice of inner guidance uh, and i also think that it come along with that comes a certain energy to do things uh, so you have not only the guidance but kind of like the power to go do it uh, so i think those two components um, uh, really is one of the reasons not the only reason uh, that uh, mount shasta is such a a, a mecca for um, transformation. Yes, it really is fascinating. Um, and so what we're learning in this summit so far is that this journey requires a purification. What have you noticed about how Shasta helps you pur purify as you enter into it? Do you have any stories of that? Because there are, you know, stories out there. Maybe you're at a level where you've done a lot of the purification because of the work that you do. But Mount Shasta, it does bring us into 
purification before we can be immersed in those energies. Have you witnessed or experienced any of this? Well, yeah, I, I'm uh, glad you brought that up and that that's kind of been the theme because that's also been a theme. Uh, like I uh, left the Mount Shasta, I stopped by uh, Soul Connections, which is one of many great uh, metaphysical bookstores and crystal shops there. I recommend all of them <laughs> for people who, uh, for the light body activation, if you can get to uh, Mount Shasta in one of the, any bookstore there or um, uh, metaphysical shop, because it has the, the whole energy of the mountain. Uh, but I was just guided to bring back three books, and one of them actually uh, it was by Alice Bailey, which was Initiation, Human and Solar. Said exactly, uh, you know, what you said is that the kind of initiate or the disciple is purifying their subtle bodies so they can hold a higher frequency. And the gist of it, at least what I was taking from it too right now, is like you you basically can't lie in terms of where you are. <laughs> You know, at least according, they use the words masters in the inner world who you're connecting to and being initiated to. You sort of, uh, there's no like hiding kind of where your frequency is. So the best to focus on purification uh, it's so that you can hold more light in all the different subtle bodies. So I, I thought that was fascinating. Also, the synchronicity, that that's one of the themes here. Uh, but I think it's great to come out to Mount Shasta. I think purification is always a process we can do at whatever level you're just sort of like boosting wherever you currently are it's a, like a refining uh like a cloth your cloth gets sort of the fabric more and more finer uh, like maybe the the egyptian cloth the 80 uh, greater uh, so forth you just boost it to 100 every time you refine yourself um but i think uh one of the things is uh that i've noticed is that there's always for me uh, as in the facilitator role, the energies are very uh, strong and uh, pretty much um, maybe it's the scheduling, but I think it's also the energy. Um, I'm basically up from like, you know, very early until very late because we do the contact meditations. So just the capacity to stay calm, uh, things will come up. Uh, a lot of it has to do with like running the retreat, but those are kind of the challenges um, of just remaining calm as that's happening. I think that's my form of purification kind of in that role. Uh, so th that's been just kind of my personal experience. <clears throat> Interesting. And so as we're talking purification, can you give a definition of what we mean by this? Um, is it purification of denser thoughts, uh, old programming, letting things go what how can we quantify that mm -hmm. i think that's great yeah i've been um on this theme of really quantifying some of the terminology that i've been using and that's kind of uh people kind of understand in the field like what does it mean when you increase for example your frequency <laughs> like we can we under, kind of understand that in this field but what precisely would that mean or in like in this case uh, what does it mean to purify? I think that's a, a precise and great question. Uh, I think the word comes as glitches, which can people can kind of like it, it kind of immediately get the sense like, and that's in all like I, we've been using the seven subtle body model system, uh, or I have within like, for example, the mastery empowerment classes. And so for example, a glitch in the physical body would be simply like, uh, you know, you could, uh, if you're an athlete or a musician or just doing physical movement uh, when there's no glitches you know the things move smoothly 
but let's say your um, arm was uh, injured, like as a uh, football player, rotator cuff or something, you know, now some, some football players can't lift their arm beyond like a shoulder level. So there's kind of this glitch there uh, and people can kind of um, understand that uh, almost everyone could understand that because we have our physical vehicle so close to us. But then that really goes all the way up to those even finer levels, like the, in that model, it's the energy body, emotional body, mental, causal, spiritual, and then divine. So we'll just go to the one that's closest to divine, just as, you know, as a contrast. So the spiritual body is sort of like your, which maybe we'll talk about a little later, your soul information, uh, maybe even this monadic information, which is kind of close to the divine uh, but uh, if that information is flowing smoothly all the way down to what I call our personality level, then we sort of know when we're on kind of on task, we feel on flow. We know like that what we're doing now, like maybe talking here, feels on flow with kind of our purpose um, that we came to be on the planet. But then sometimes we might, uh, there may be a glitch, like we, we can't kind of get that information. And so even though we're doing very similar things that kind of seem off uh, or it feels very difficult to um, do those things. And so we're not uh, quite in um, communication with that soul information. And so there's a, a sort of a glitch in that pattern. And I think that's a natural process in terms of what we were talking about, the purification. So we're kind of, it's best to kind of find all those glitches if possible, which can be a quite, um, uh, taxing, I think. So uh, maybe our guides or ourselves, our higher self, gives us a little space of rest before another challenge comes so that we can smooth out those different glitches in, in all the subtle bodies. Good. Yeah. Um, it's making me look back at um, experiences of the purification. And I think we could almost call it an initiation as well, right? As Alice Bailey and her book calls it initiations. It's really, really impressive that the beings of light are there to help us or the energy of that place is helping us. It really is a testimony to how much light is held there. And so when we go, you know, even to other sacred sites on the planet, there is such an incredible light um, that does come in and affect us. And so, whether we know it or not, that is activating our light body or even upgrading our DNA because it's opening us up to new experiences and the new energies. And I just want to say about the image behind you, look at that beautiful image with the mirror reflection. It's almost um, par for the course of our discussion because that it seems like that's what we're doing with when we go into the monad or the the light body is that we're bringing in that upper clarity into physical embodiment and that clarity is what pushes out the old dense stuff and then allows the more light to be held so i think that's really interesting that you chose that photo and it looks like the, the the shoreline in the back is like a beam of light and it's coming out both of your ears. <laughs> That's funny. I, I switched out. I had another Mount Shasta photo and I switched it out right before we started. 
or I just was <laughs> divinely guided, perhaps. Yeah, you were divinely guided for that. All right, it's perfect for what we're talking about. And so, okay, what we love about Mount Shasta is, yes, we can feel activated whenever we go to places on the planet the light body is being activated because we're out of our comfort zone of our home and, and our rest. And when we return, there's magic that happens from these trips. If we're open to it, if we're pure from it, if we receive the initiation and pass through the initiation, we can get that um, activation. So you've had, what I love about Mount Shasta as well is there is definitely contact activity. There's you do contact meditations there. Um, there have been remarkable stories of contact. We don't need to wait for the ships to land in Washington because they're already being seen and witnessed in Mount Shasta, along with other places, sacred sites on the planet. So what do you suppose is going on with the light body and ET contact? Because some of the cases that we've heard that contact cannot be made like there will be no contact with a human, like physical touching, touch a human with an ET and people who've reported seeing ETs. So they're on a completely different frequency. What do you think about their light bodies? Is that where we're going as a human species? I think so. Yeah. Um, of course, we have our physical vehicle uh, body. Uh, but we also have all those other subtle bodies. And like you said, as we um, in, go through initiations, we're being more conscious uh, in developing them. But uh, one of the themes that kind of emerged uh, from this uh, retreat was this, they call it the reverse ritual, sort of meeting uh, higher spiritual beings at their frequency, rather than try to asking them, which many people have done, um, or is this part of kind of the esoteric uh, process you kind of ask the higher beings to almost like materialize maybe into like a plasma form or a very subtle physical. And so you're kind of asking them to come to your level of density. Uh, whereas now um, kind of this new impulse is we can exactly what the whole this uh, summit is about is raising our frequency to the level of the higher beings and sort of meeting them at their plane. So, um, and so, like, I believe they have the light body and they can manifest like as these big bursts of light. So they kind of are in the astral and then they may burst into, you know, the physical as a, a form of light. So we see those as those big power ups. And then uh, we can go into meditation and usually in the upper pillars where you can increase your voltage, which maybe we can talk about that as a technique or, or do a practice here. Uh, which we've sort of done maybe in some other the courses. But as you kind of move up these different chakras, uh, you can think of them as like uh, power stations. So just by going to like there's a one chakra above your head, you're sort of increasing your frequency above, let's say, the frequency of the local personality, even what would be considered like the soul level voltage. And so then you can kind of meet their consciousness um, uh, with your consciousness and in some ways, uh, we didn't. We did have um, sightings, uh, a lot of them. But we, I think, we were actually meeting them at their uh, level more this year, uh, which would mean that would be more what we would call internal. So, yeah, I think it has everything to do with the light body, and um, we can talk a little bit about this. But I think 
a lot of those power-ups are actually transmissions to increase the frequency of these subtle bodies that we have. That is fascinating. So we are being assisted on this journey, whether we know it or not. That is comforting when we look out at the world and we see what's going on. So there are just a number of people who are working in this realm, uh, in this field of contact and making contact that it it can only come and be influenced to the rest of us. I think it's great groundwork that is being covered and it really truly is disclosure already happening. It's beyond disclosure, it's, it's contact. And so um, what, can you share some of the experiences that you had as you raised your vibration to meet those beings? Uh, yeah, yeah. And one of the models that I was thinking that just is kind of uh, to understand sort of this, uh, maybe a framework to understand our discussion in terms of increasing our frequency is also the abilities that come as our light bodies activated. So I was mentioning this kind of a capacity to meet um, higher beings at their level, sort of raising our frequency to their level. And a lot of that has to do like with our capacity to sense more subtle things. So if you started from so let's say ourselves at a certain point that was more three-dimensional, like in order for, uh, let's say you're seeing someone who's um, suffering or not feeling so well, if you're very three-dimensional, you would maybe even need them to tell you that they're sad. They would have to actually tell you they're that you're sad. Like you don't even, you don't, you're at the uh, level where you can't pick up the subtle cues, you know, like facial expressions or their energy that they're in a sad state. But a lot of people here wouldn't be at that level, but uh, but you can just, just so it's kind of start somewhere. And then as you develop, let's say your third eye, your, um, you know, your heart center, you know, you could just get one glance at, at like, like your daughter or even just someone you don't know, and you kind of know where they're at. You, you may not even be using only physical cues at that point. You're sort of um, picking up on their energy. So the first person I mentioned, and then let's say the same person who's transformed themselves, their light body actually is vibrating at a higher level. I, I mean, most people would understand that um, because now they can sense uh, very subtle vibrations, maybe even just not even... Uh, not like kind of subconscious physical vibrations, but um, emanations from their emotional body that are not, uh, they could even try to hide their sadness by always smiling, but you could, you would still pick up the vibrations. And then at a certain point, as your light body gets even more strong, you might even know they're sad before they even show up to you physically. <laughs> like you already perceive it, like maybe this first chakra above the head is activated, which takes a, even more kind of higher light um, and development of your uh, channels and so forth, both within your body and above. And so even before they show up, maybe you have a dream and like a lot of shamans will just know their clients before they come, they already know what's wrong, wrong. And they say, Oh, I was expecting you. And so just kind of lie down here. We'll just start, you know, there's no um, interview in the beginning, but a person could even know beforehand that this person that they're meeting, you know, is not feeling well. So you can see this progression of the light body and um, what I call like these practical spiritual abilities uh, reflected in our capacity to sense much more more subtle things. We don't have to um, depend on the physical. The reason I'm, I'm bringing that up is a lot of that I think is a progression with contact. 
uh, and even happened this uh, time, like I said, uh, what I was mentioning, there was still a lot of uh, visual contact, which I'll mention some very interesting ones. But I think the shift was that a lot of it was uh, being able to perceive uh, non-physically their presence, which I think would be the progression as the light body gets more activated, similar to what I was mentioning in the example. Uh, but uh, for example, the the um, kind of the special offer that I was mentioning, which is focused on the monad, actually came from this burst uh, transmission that I was unpacking. And uh, just to explain that process, so I had um, studied with Stephen Greer, who's very well known in sort of the ET contact field. And what he was teaching is that when you do see those power-ups, and I may have mentioned other uh, courses we've done together, actually a tremendous amount of light and information is coming into the circle. It's Even though it's at the star level, just for people who, who kind of may not have seen or kind of to visualize this, it's like at the star level and then at you know, complete darkness, like a, a like a, it looks like a star will like just kind of exp, expand really uh, quickly and then go back down. And then there can be a series of those. But those are is like light and information coming into the groups field. So it actually is um, a direct activation of the light body, uh, like with packets of information that can unpack over time. And I think that really helped me those different uh, uh, kind of bursts over time over these kind of 13 years in um, transforming. And I received, or at least those were, could have been symbolic or direct energy transmissions for a lot of the modality uh, levels that we've done, like with the intergalactics and the Arcturian levels, particularly the intergalactics uh, level. But uh, it's interesting because it's almost, uh, of course, we may be imposing our, or I may be our uh, understanding, but a lot of times what you say in the group when you're outside, it can be like almost like a you know, very jovial conversation. You'll get a power up, like almost to accentuate what someone says. Uh, so it's happened a lot of times. So someone was asking me in the group, like, uh, oh, because we could see Arcturus. <laughs> they were like, oh, Gene, is our, 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 the Arcturians your relatives? He's, he's taken a lot of the Arcturian methods. So he's almost like saying as a joke. And then immediately before I could respond, we had a series of power-ups, like, boom. <laughs> so you'll see the, um, the, what the, the topic we'll get into is, is ultimately, it could have been called your spiritual family, like all the way from the monad, the soul spark, and then down to the personality level. Um, and so in a way, they were kind of saying, uh, I would just take it that as an affirmative, um, and most people would without having to have the power-up there. But there may have been a transmission, like what exactly does soul, like what does a, a soul relative mean? That's kind of what I kind of got out of it, uh, or energetically. So a lot of that, uh, it happened this time. There's some other ones I could share, but that was one kind of very prominent one related to what we're talking about. I love it because um, it really tells us where we're going as humans, how we're evolving as humans building this uh, light body, developing this light body, becoming more aware of this light body. As we've learned in this series, it makes us more attuned into the information and we are carrying that light as well. So to think that we are receiving power-ups from the ETs, from benevolent, loving beings of light or who are here to assist us is beautiful. And would you say that 
there would you what what would you have to say about the conscious awareness of witnessing a power up or someone just being in their house watching television unaware of such a power up are they still being affected as well what level of consciousness is required what level of awareness is required that's great a uh, great point that's really insightful uh well one of the things that what your question brought up was just the joy that you feel with these power-ups when you see them happen because it, it uh it kind of you know that at that because power-ups are very different there and then the ones that kind of move across the sky they also power up but then uh, for me you also have to consider that that could be a satellite these ones that kind of go from darkness and just like go straight like to light and then back are really they're actually a ship moving around because we have these night vision goggles that uh, magnify the light by a thousand they're like military grade night vision goggles and people who have that on and see that power up they can actually when it powers down they can still see it it's still like one light moving around and it just like is um, powering up and powering down so it's very you know slightly over to you know the side but if you have the naked eye you only see it as discrete um, events but yeah the thing is like um like you said like to have the frequency of consciousness just to kind of put yourself in the, the passive role of being in a night contact already is a level of consciousness uh you know like that you would be open enough to um kind of perceive the multi-dimensional reality of uh let's say the universe and that's a huge step and i think we all kind of went through that progression um in this life and many lifetimes so we can kind of see how and i did that's why i'm just thinking myself uh how like as a more three-dimensionally oriented maybe when i was like in science and research was maybe a requirement uh and then kind of seeing that transition so just getting yourself into the into the situation is a huge i guess a light body achievement just because you know it, most likely you you might not even get there if you had not thought oh this is maybe a possibility all right so um it really is a requirement it, it it's uh, an awareness is a component in this process it um you know maybe maybe enough of us will be able to influence from our experiences people who are still sitting on the couch watching tv because they may say one day what about this they may ask a question that allows us to share what we know but you did answer the question there it is a it, there's an awareness there's a conscious awareness that's necessary um because it it feels like it, it's all about free will now isn't it um the consciousness like you said earlier the awareness of that experience or what could be experienced is actually meeting them at their level, not just being asleep and eating popcorn on the couch. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, beautiful. Well, again, I do love the fact that um, ET contact and the light body activation is wonderful. Um, that alone, just the expansion of consciousness when when people see ships even if it's the first ship or sighting that you've ever had that has profound experiences on people and i'm certain that science that someday may come in and research what happens in the physical body uh, in the electrical bodies the subtle bodies when that activation is made so more will be revealed on the scientific front of that and i love that you're a scientist you started in life with a, a strong science background. 
PhD in neurobiology, neuroscience. Yes. And, and here you are now transmitting Arcturian healing frequencies. So um, again, this is a beautiful representation of how humanity is evolving. And what we're going to talk about now is the monad, as you talked about it. How does the monad or the divine spark that is already, if we're talking light body, that already is the ultimate of our light body, right? That's like the, is that the piece where we filter down from? Yeah, exactly. I, I just wanted to uh, circle back just to that question you said, because I see the nuance of what you were asking me about the, the person on the couch. Yes, uh, yes. Right, because uh, I think it is transforming on a global scale. One is just by morphic resonance of humanity, like as people, you know, have these experiences, then humanity's consciousness has changed. And even a person, you know, we've used this kind of maybe in a light way on the couch, uh, they're getting more open just because they're in resonance with the the you know global um, consciousness that's changing. But the thing is, like uh, like these telesummits, um, Gaia TV, uh, History Channel, they're they're you know um, showcasing all these things. So even <laughs> literally, the person on the TV is getting transformed. I think through these different outlets, um, through social media uh, or like a, what we call like you know social TV now, uh, where those programmers uh, like yourself are very open to or had their own experiences of contact so now they're kind of bringing it to the like a greater millions of people and so i think those programs like this are activating people um just by like them watching it like on on tv yeah okay it's wonderful and so it's happening whether people are aware of it or not and it's it's like little drips of water and water is non-stoppable and so like the lake behind you it is, uh, it's going to become crystal clear like that lake behind you someday for everyone. It's going to be just norm and mainstream. I love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so back to the divine spark and the architecture of that, the architecture of the divine spark, the monad, the monad and how it relates to our light body. Can you go over that? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different frameworks, you know, to understand um, maybe our, you know, our vehicles are what sometimes they call the constitution of the human, like what we're made up of. And uh, this idea of the divine spark, I think adds, it kind of adds to a lot of the discussion that we've been having or that I've been presenting. It's like another, uh, it's like a higher level. So I usually have been talking, you know, about the ego or the higher self, ego with a capital E. Uh, which is like your higher self, which might be these higher uh, three subtle bodies in that seven subtle body model system. So the um, causal, spiritual, and then the divine. And I guess that, you know, the, that model has the divine in there, but the monad would be like, if you would think of the all, you know, in that concept of, uh, or some people call it God or source, that our consciousness is in unity with then the first sort of split would be the, the the monad. It's almost like so close to the divine, it might even be part of the divine, but it is still a split. And then in this particular model that I was uh, you know, presenting, it's like that splits off or kind of divides more into 12 possible soul sparks. So then you're sort of, now this is kind of where it's only a model. I wouldn't say it has to be 
the rigid reality, but it's one way to understand it. This idea of like um, the Arcturian relatives <laughs> idea. So you went from the monad, you split into 12 soul sparks, and then those 12 soul sparks can split into 12 incarnated personalities. So like I'm currently an incarnated personality, like you are each person watching, but then somewhere possibly on the planet in this model, there are 11 other personalities that were part of your soul spark. And then uh, that soul spark had 11 other soul sparks that were part of its uh, monad, primary monad. So it's sort of this like tree. It's uh, one way to understand the possible relations, spiritual relationships that we might have. So then when we're thinking about uh, elevating our light body or activating our light body, it makes so much sense that now we're going to be able to communicate or understand or have access to the information of that light. So we could literally begin to remember those aspects, those other soul aspects of ourselves. That's going to be beautiful. And that's good for discussion because some people might just think that their imagination is going crazy when they start to experience this, but actually it's, a, it's an awakening, it's an activation, it's a remembrance. And so this is what we can look forward to is remembering other aspects of ourselves, other, wow, like I would even say skills or um, spiritual traits. It goes all across the board. It's not just limited to one or the other. It's, it's all of who we are. We can even probably experience what the other 12 soul sparks are experiencing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, there, there's sort of a couple, um, uh, you know, very interesting ways you can go with this model that have a lot of relationship to what you're saying, our direct experience. And just to touch on what you're saying. So uh, the idea of parallel lives can be explained by this, like, uh, you know, touching into the other 12 soul sparks. So the idea, and I was just kind of revisiting this book by Mira Kelly, who's a regressionist who works specifically on parallel lives. So you could see that you have the same, uh, like you're a part of the same soul spark family, or, and then those different personalities that come off them, they might be actually, you could say part of yourself, you actually might know them at a soul level, they're part of you because you're the same soul. And then uh, they could be incarnating in the same uh, vicinity of a time span, linear time span. So that would be like a, that could be called like a parallel life if you use this model, those 12 personalities uh, coming from the same soul spark. Uh, so it's, it's very interesting, but you could be in so like what you were saying, in so deep resonance or awareness of that other information from another life that's um, parallel to yours, that's part of your soul spark that, um, you know, there's kind of a lot of bleed through in terms of what you know about them. And um, before we go on and talk more about other aspects of this, I wanted to ask about, can these individual aspects like 12 soul sparks, we know that they could be in parallel universes. Could we meet them in person? Uh, I, I share this because, or maybe it's, it's, it's just different. Maybe it's just life, lifetimes with, with another person and there's that entanglement. But through regression sessions, um, I've discovered people so it's almost 
some would call it maybe a twin flame, which I, I know that's a debatable term because twin flames are not always so beautiful and magical, but just past lives that people have had with the same person, they kind of repeat the same patterns in their life, but there's just such this deep, deep love, like, like they're part of each other. That's what I've witnessed. It's like, they're almost, they're almost the higher self of each other. Mm -hmm. Is that possible? Or do you think that that's mostly just humans coming together as souls? Well, I think just so synchronistic because um, like I learned this model mostly from Mikio Sankey's work, uh, who I've mentioned before, esoteric acupuncture. And he actually, I didn't get into this part of the model, but you intuit it from your direct experience that it is, it explains um, this uh, very close relationship to people. And so, um, so just to go back to the model, uh, if uh, people, he labels it soul mate. So the soul mate is anyone, it could be 143 possible, you know, in this model, if you took it literally, 143 possible personalities, and some of them might be incarnated at the same time you are. So how that works is from the monad, I said it went down to 12 soul sparks. So then that soul spark, you're kind of related all those soul sparks to the monad, you came from the same monad. But then each of those 12 soul sparks lay down 12 incarnate personalities so if you find any of those 143 because it's 12 times 12 incarnated personalities if you find in or you're in close resonance to any of those other 143 personalities that are here now he calls that soul mate and then um he uses the term twin soul uh he calls it twin soul without because he also has this energetic process of the twin soul within like you're you're also meant to connect to your own twin soul that's inside your energy body, but which maybe we can talk about, uh, maybe that's part of the activation uh, coming down. Uh, but the twin soul without is just within your um, uh, soul personality, soul spark. So it's only 11 other possible souls. They're much closer to you if you find them. So, um, so from the monad, you went to 12 soul sparks, and then you have your own soul spark which you know is the twelve uh, incarnate personalities. So within that small family of tw of twelve, which you're one of them, so there's eleven others. That would, if you find them uh, or one of them in your close resonance, then that's a twin soul flame without. He, he, he labels that. So you kind of uh, intuited the, the relationships. Okay. All right. It's so fascinating not even to mention the doppelgangers that are on the planet. I mean, that's just fascinating that people report seeing someone who looks exactly like another person or even ourselves. And maybe that could be explained by this process as well. Um, and maybe not, you know, it doesn't mean that we have to look exactly the same physically, but it does bring up good questions because you can look at a soul and probably never have anything in common with and physically with another person but you know their soul so deeply that that could be so we're we're just answering these questions out loud i guess that um part of that monad and the and the soul groups that come from that don't have to look the same physically but we recognize the vibration mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes yes okay all right. Well, this is a fascinating discussion and all the work that you do is always fascinating. 
you are going to be offering an Arcturian monad activation. And maybe we can do a little short process. Again, you mentioned the twin soul within. I think that is beautiful because we always like to say, first and foremost, if we are in self-love, we must love ourselves within without looking without ourselves for anyone else to complete any aspect of us. And I'm certain that when we do this twin soul within ourselves, then that sets us up into a vibration that it attracts or magnetizes people in our life that continue to fulfill us in miraculous ways. So in this Arcturian monad activation, we're going to be doing a series of mastery empowerment courses, and that's all here on this webpage. We invite people to check it out. It's really magical because there's three sessions, and they're each going to take on this aspect. Um, they're each going to activate certain aspects. And so we've got the personality self, the soul spark, and the monad activation. Can you tell us how you came up with this activation? You said it was from the power up on your trip to Mount Shasta. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of maybe uh, return to that, maybe deepen that to, to kind of get an idea of what. So a lot of these power ups are light and information coming in. And just as a precedent, like uh, I was uh, in Mount Shasta and we've done kind of these transmissions too on the intergalactics. It's just another, another name for higher beings that I met at Mount Shasta and developed that uh, sort of modality through mostly probably the power-ups. But uh, someone had come for the level two we were having at Mount Shasta and then at, it's the evening program, we did the contact. And she was like, uh, so Gene, when's level three? We were just kind of hanging around outside on the mountain doing the contact and boom, there was a power up. And I kind of like, oh, that must have been it. And that literally was it. Like I kind of tuned back in later on when I came back from Mount Shasta, like you said, when you come back, you integrate and uh, kind of downloaded kind of that next level. So, uh, so that has been a precedent. And so now like that one, which kind of was just orchestrated, you know, in a very fun way. Uh, has led to, you know, really kind of really understanding, like, because the question was, uh, you know, are Arcturians your relatives? And, the, you know, then there was a power up. So the question really here for us in this light body is uh, two. One is how do we think of the light body and in increasing power or frequency that, that this model helps? And then two, who, who are our, like, how do we understand our spiritual family? Like we were talking about now, this can help understand the twin flame, also the soulmate, which is a little bit more broad, twin flame being much more maybe intimate or closer. Uh, so, and then I did want to explain just for people energetically, what is the twin flame within, at least the way that Mikio Sankey had presented. And I think it, I've studied or heard this concept uh, in another modality actually from Mestro Kotsui. And the twin flames within are your heart chakra, Anahara, uh, chakra, which is 12, has 12 lotus petals, and then the crown chakra, but um, in Mikio Sankey's work, he calls it the guru chakra, and in uh, Master Chokotsui's work, he just calls it the inner petals of the crown chakra. So the crown chakra is like, you know, the thousand-petaled lotus, but there's supposedly like an inner um, petals inside, like the, the outer ones uh, in the crown, and there's 12 of them. So, uh, and they kind of, you kind of need to fully activate the crown um, to get those 12 to get going. But if you activate both your heart and crown or in uh, Mikio Sankey's work is called Guru Chakra, 
then this 12 starts resonating with this 12 petals. And, and so that's the, that's the twin flame within. So it's very, it's very fascinating. And, and there's other, um, you know, different esoteric teachers like Steiner, who talks about this relationship between the heart and the head. There has to be this kind of connection between the two. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to do a little mini transmission, but before we start, can you share on, do you want to share anything more on these individual sessions in this upcoming um, workshop that you're going to be offering? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we kind of went over the framework and I think what the transmission does is uh, like with this light body theme, we're trying to make things more conscious, kind of using that example like by being more conscious, we actually develop certain skills, you know, of clear sensing that allow us to go from having to rely on the gross physical to maybe something more subtle physical and then energetic. And finally, to kind of pure consciousness where we can kind of know something or know how a person's feeling before we actually even meet them physically. Uh, so with the same thing, we're sort of moving. Uh, we're not um, denying any one level. So it's sort of like uh, Ken Wilber calls them holons. So uh, we're first working at the personality level because it like, it's almost like if you connect it to your monad, but then your personality is um, still has some glitches that I was talking about, it would be like uh, going and, and putting rocket fuel, like you're connecting to the rocket fuel at the monad level, but then you're still putting it in a car that maybe was working on uh, crude gas and something. So, so we start with the personality level, kind of raise its frequency. Like you said, there's probably a purification piece in the transmission so that you can hold more light at this personality level. And just to explain, so that would be day one. Uh, the personality level in the subtle body system is usually the four lower bo bodies. So physical, etheric, emotional, mental, sort of like that's how we think about, about our eye. And then, uh, and then the next uh, transmission would be kind of boosting it up to kind of embodying that voltage and energy and awareness of what would be called the divine spark level, uh, or I'm sorry, the soul spark level, which in a lot of the other previous classes, maybe we've called it like our higher soul. And uh, we kind of expanded it out to how to maybe look at uh, other souls who are related to that or other personalities. But then that's combining or activating a higher frequency. So when we have this sort of personality, subtle bodies, sort of more intact, then we can handle this sort of, let's say, high octane fuel from the soul level. And so that would be second transmission. And then what we kind of maybe rarely move into is then we're trying to activate all the way back to that soul spark level or divine spark level, which is the monad. So it's even a higher frequency, higher voltage. You can see it's more expansive in the model. You may be even connecting to your soul family amongst you know, many different incarnated souls. Uh, so then that would be actually the final um, transmission on day three. So I thought maybe here uh, we could do an activation. One is to uh, maybe get that uh, twin flame uh, within activated, because I think that's sort of coming through. Uh, and sort of that's all something you can continue to work on. But even if you get, even hearing that those are the, actually your twin flame within, uh, you already would start to kind of go into resonance with those two energetic structures. And then also bring down some of the uh, monad uh, energy, which is very uh, like high frequency and a, a little bit new to the transmissions we've been doing. All right, this is really fascinating, and it really is um, the the groundwork, like the twin flame, the twin soul within, 
like if we start there that's powering us up it's almost like you are powering us up you are facilitating an event with light that is allowing us to power up the same way the ships power up so it's almost like how you guys raised and met the 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 beings the intergalactics from your level of consciousness you raised to meet up with them this is what we're doing we're raising our frequency powering up we're powering up fascinating okay all right well it's just a few moments and uh it's really palpable so let's do that now and i'll just mention um people can uh you know um do this meditation i'll guide it while the transmission is occurring it's uh, it's a meditation that actually would activate your twin soul uh, your twin flames within so you just start at the back heart chakra you'll see me say then come to this uh this point that's sort of like when you bend your neck down this spinous process that doesn't really move. Uh, they call it the big hammer in Chinese medicine. So you're gonna bring your awareness there. And then you're gonna bring your awareness to kind of uh, this um, Ulta major uh, chakra that we talked a lot about, kind of right in the back head. And so if you feel there's a little notch at the back of your head, so slightly below that is a very important energy point. And then, uh, then you uh, focus here on your, um, uh, between your third eye, I'll say. And then you focus here on the top of your head and you kind of make a triangle from this back of your head and in, in your third eye up to that point. It's like if your crown chakra, you think of it in the center of your head, then move like two centimeters to the back. That's the point I'm referring to at the crown. Now, when you do that, and this comes from Mickey Osanke's work, you actually start activating those 12 lotus petals in the heart. And you started from the back heart chakra. So you're activating the heart chakra. So this is a way for you to meditate, like uh, by energy points, activate your own twin flame within. So if you do that uh, on uh, at the same time as the transmission, like the Arcturians activating it, you really put it into the sort of particularly your uh, subtle body system. You connect into all the grids, uh, particularly starting at the mental and higher levels. If you also do the meditation. Uh, so, so I'll guide it, and, and people can just sort of see how they feel with that. But also, I'll be on the recording. Okay, and then we'll do the um, activation with the monad as the second half of the piece. Okay, so you can just tune in and see what you feel. We'll start with the activation of the twin flames within at the heart center and then the inner petals of the crown center. They both have 12 petals. So we're starting the Arcturian monad activation to activate our twin flames within. And start by just focusing on your back heart center. This activates your heart chakra. And you can bring your chi or your awareness 
to the right beneath cervical seven, sort of that bigger spineless process in your lower neck on the back. So we're starting to raise our energy. And the Arcturian transmission is assisting this activation. Then from that point, right underneath C7, just connect it actually to in between your eyebrows. Just place your awareness on both areas and just say connect. It's a type of quantum resonance connection that occurs instantly, not through some linear energy channel, but through the quantum field. You may start to feel your head centers activate. And gently bringing your awareness back to right beneath the cervical seven spinous process. And bringing it up to the Alta major point. It's at the back of your neck. Right beneath that bump on the back of your head called the occipital notch. Then from this point on the back of your head or beneath the occipital notch, just connect that to in between your eyebrows. And then making a triangle from those two points to the apex, which will be at your crown, but slightly behind the center of your head, maybe two centimeters. And that golden triangle and all the connections is starting to activate those 12 lotus petals inside your crown chakra. And you feel a slight buzzing, maybe one to two centimeters above your head, kind of close to your head. Now just feel the top of your crown and your heart center as if they're spinning in resonance with each other. 
These are the two twin flames within. This helps to raise our frequency, to hear our inner teacher, to feel complete and whole within ourselves. And also to the resonance connection of meeting or finding if needed our twin flame without You can always do this meditation to reinforce the energy process, to bring in higher frequencies, and to continue to deepen the two twin flames within us. Now as the second half of this activation, we're bringing in those frequencies with the help of our guides and the Arcturians to more consciously connect with the consciousness and frequencies of our monad or divine spark. You may feel a high frequency light coming down your pillar. You can just feel it imbue your entire physical body, knowing it's saturating all the seven solar bodies with this high frequency light. That completes the transmission. Even though the second half was shorter, we were primed to absorb that particular high frequency energy. You can feel how it unfolds with blessed synchronicities and flow starting now in your life. And we thank the divine, our monad, all the divine sparks that are part of our monad, and also all the incarnated personalities that are part of our soul family and soul relatives. And knowing that our work on ourselves has directly impacted all of those personalities. When you feel comfortable, you can open your eyes and snap your fingers. Mm -hmm.
so delicious and beautiful that that is a power up of our divine spark and it feels so beautiful there is such a deep connection and you know the feeling of looking outside ourselves for anything when we do this is just not necessary and it really illustrates the the power that we have or the purpose that we have to build and cultivate this light within us wow and to feel connected to all that is i'm feeling totally sparkly i hope everyone is sparkly wow thank you thank you thank you jean all of the work that you do is so profound and what i love is that this was just a few moments but yet so palpable and when we get together in these online transmissions we go for two hours and a good hour of that is the full transmission and it allows us to go so deep and the experiences that each of the participants have is really beautiful to witness because we are evolving the human species and we're evolving with light and these transmissions are here to assist us it's so beautiful Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, do you want to share anything that you have insights on from that practice? Oh yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I was wasn't expecting actually this um, sequence of the twin flame uh, within. Uh, in some ways, I, I think it was also divinely guided. But uh, as it was activating in me, I realized uh, just from maybe uh, knowledge that's been also <laughs> downloaded or um, by the higher beings that um, by doing that twin uh, flame within first, it actually, like just exactly like you said, it powered us up so that um, we could receive the monad energy. Because the issue with the, these higher frequency energies is not, not so much that you can't access them, but if they, like, they get to your system, there's not the ground to like, hold them. So because we were activating these, these 12 lotus petals, uh, in the heart and the crown, which is actually, I think, a fairly advanced um, activation. Uh, it kind of increased our frequency and receptivity and ability to hold then that monad energy. So it was a perfect um, sequence energetically. Wow, that explains the beauty and the beautiful sensation that was experienced. So thank you for this. And again, we invite all of those listening to join us in this upcoming Mastery Empowerment course, the Arcturian Monad Activation, three sessions, two hours each, with beautiful soul family. You will be wrapped in the vibration of love and be changed after the three days that we spend together. And again, there's also other programs that Jean Ang has offered, and they're also available as options. And just check them out because Wow, there's just such a huge library, a giant collection of transmissions that support us in all aspects. And they just keep evolving themselves and growing and getting better and better as we ourselves advance and evolve. Jean, thank you so much for this. I wanna give you a moment to share any other insights or comments about the special offer about this process anything you'd like oh yeah just on a, a light a note and then very interesting like you mentioned about the what happened in the contact 
So we had a couple of nights and one night, uh, some very interesting contacts occurred, but in a very specific uh, place in the sky. And in the morning, we meet in the mornings, uh, kind of debrief. We were both commenting another a person and myself like, yes, we knew they were contacts because the power ups occurred in a very discreet place in the sky, like repeatedly, uh, you know, not all over the place. And then the next night, like uh, just to like be uh, playful, at least this is my interpretation. Like we had a number of power ups, eight. They're all over the sky. <laughs> They're not in one spot. Yes. <laughs> They're saying, ha ha, we right. fooled you. Yeah, wow. like we don't have to be located only in one area, but uh, so it was, it was fun. So from Soul Family, are they are they Arcturians your family power up? <laughs> you are maybe there's an aspect of you, maybe there's a soul aspect of you on the ships. Right, right. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're just simply looking at ourselves like that picture behind you, the mountain being reflected in the lake. Wow, it's so beautiful and uh, a great uh, metaphor for all of it. So thank you. Thank you, Jean, for sharing. It's always so wonderful to have your aspect and your insights and the beautiful teachings that you offer. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate your time and uh, are in deep gratitude. Uh, thanks so much, Lauren. Thanks for this great platform and this uh, great summit. And thanks, everyone. Thanks, bye. This has been a presentation of New Earth One Network, your home for New Earth Living. Access information, education, and videos on living from the heart in unity consciousness. Visit newearthone.com.